bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And the beat goes on, meow meow. The beat goes a motherfucking on. <laughs> and isn't that the same as we didn't start the fire? <laughs> it's the same exact concept. I really feel like fucking Billy Joel, who does bug for the record, <laughs> in case anyone was thinking, does mm-hmm. Billy Joel bug or not bug? Bugs. He bugs. Bugs. Yeah, he bugs. He's what you find when you go into a late night <laughs> smoky bar and he's singing at the piano and... Like he's saying in his song. He's the piano man. He yeah. has famously said he will never write any new music. He's done. Oh, well, that's... I like that. He's done. There's probably a world where I don't think he bugs. I'm sure. But the music... Nah. You know, it bugs, but I can't say I don't... <laughs> that I don't like you it. You like Uptown I mean, Girl? Well, now we're getting into... No, I mean, now well, we're getting to that's 80s, the Billy Joel semi- of what I know. I'm not, oh. I'm not here for the... I wasn't even around. You know what I mean? All I know is right. we didn't start the fire, which was... <laughs> oh, annoying. No, I'm not really here for Uptown Girl, though I did get to meet Christy Brinkley once, and she was very nice. Oh, well, she... Now, that's another story. She couldn't have been more gracious. It's completely a, another fucking story. Now, she's amazing. She's been married 15 times. She has a daughter named Sailor. <laughs> As my dog was named Sailor, and then Kristen Cavallari named uh, her dog Sailor. Mm-hmm. So it's all just a connection. Right. But I will say for Billy Joel's non-buggery really comes <laughs> around to pre-Uptown Girl, where we're talking about the restaurant song and the Italian restaurant and the fighting <laughs> and the thing and the Broadway and the I literally have no idea what we're talking nighttime about. Nighttime and the piano man and you know piano man. Yeah, of course. I don't know what you're talking about with the restaurant. <laughs> oh, the you don't know the Italian restaurant song? No, is that oh the title God. of it? Yeah, the, it's oh. uh, no. When I think of an Italian, re- the the Italian restaurant song, no, that's if not you what had to say, oh, I would what say that called? is um, a Frank Sinatra like some what Frank Sinatra <laughs> always plays in Italian restaurants, my mouth. Um, like pie in the sky or meatball in the sky. That, but that's not Frank Sinatra. No, what what are we talking about with Frank Sinatra? Oh my God, he's always in Italian restaurants. Now, does Billy Joel have something that always plays in Italian restaurants or why is that? No, it's the thing about like an Italian restaurant. <laughs> and then he gets in a fight? Great. I can't. And now it's now I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself. So I can't think of the, the okay, but well, it's like a super famous song and he's got, and I'm, mo- oh, I'm mo- moving. Wait, the one where he moves out. Do you know that one? No. Sounds like a country song with how specific he's getting with what's happening in his life. It's like he's in a he's in a pickup I'm truck. Out. He's eating barbecue out of foil, and you know he's got his dog, and it's too specific. Moving out, Anthony's song. Oh, scenes from an Italian restaurant. 
Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Is one of the lyrics or the title? That's the name of the song. Scenes from oh, an Italian restaurant. That's a different song. Moving out. Anthony's uh, song. These are annoying. These are annoying. These he's a bugger. Those are annoying titles. All only the good die young. That's you know I do know that one. That's good. Zanzibar is not terrible. Well, Captain Jack. Come on. Now that's that about one. doing drugs, Captain or Jack. Or is it about? Captain Jack Sparrow, <laughs> whose life-size cardboard cutout is right behind you. Thank you, Johnny McGovern. Everyone knows. I wish it was about Patreon. that. Maybe if you subscribe to our Patreon, you would learn about the life-size Captain Jack Sparrow that I have behind me. So, ma'am, ma'am, sorry to get sidetracked. I would wonder if Jamie Voss, our OG Patreon snack sister, Jamie Voss, okay, oh. of the 2018 humongous humongous enormous box of chips fame yes the motherfucker sent to us it had to have been at least 20 family size box of assorted chips cool ranch doritos oh my god the nacho cheese i think she was the first person who ever got the purple which is how i discovered that's sweet my, chili that's my favorite mm-hmm. period yes. doritos if you try the purple doritos which we are going to give jamie voss credit for mm-hmm you never go back. I can't even eat nacho. It's bullshit. I know My you tongue doesn't even, taste it. Which is crazy. It's bullshit. Crazy. I still can eat of nacho course. cheese for I'm never, um, I never, think, no food will ever be I think you're a destroyed. purist. You're a chips purist. Mm. You love a Dorito. It's your favorite. Love. But you like the purple sweet chili. I like them. Yeah. But if I, if somebody said to me, gun to the head, <laughs> you have to only choose one. Yeah. You can only have one Dorito for the rest of your life. What is it? It's nacho cheese. Mm, it is so dead to me. I can't even tell you. <laughs> I like I, I'll throw it across the room at a party. I'll go. What is this garbage? I've what opened a bag of them before and you're like, ha ha ha. Now, Jamie Voss, this time the bitch did send some strong treats and it's a, another giant memorable box of Jenny's old fashioned popcorn and hot cheese, regular cheese, butter and caramel. And then there's one bag that has all three together combined. What she did was she put a strong flavor with a texture that you love and you can't deny, which is popcorn. Popcorn's your thing. Strong flavors are my thing. Yes. Jamie sent us her picture for the drug dumb bulletin board back in probably 2017. She sent a picture with her friend Juliana, some dyke, and we have Juliana still <laughs> on the board. She doesn't listen to the podcast, right. but because we have expanded the board and we're remodeling it, like we're on HGTV, which just means... We're removing things around, but I'm just letting you know, James, the minute this board gets full, Juliana, she's getting fucking cut to the ground the way Max is good, uh, Judy. The, oh, yes. She's been done gone, Max. We have two pictures of you. We have your old picture and your new picture. She got cut out. But Juliana's going to go, Jamie. I want Jamie to give us a message on the Patreon and say, she's not even my friend anymore. I ditched her in 2019. <laughs> Jules and Brand, this Fucking popcorn has been traveling across the U.S. living its best life, LOL. The French package police refused delivery three times. Now, for those of you who don't know who she's referring to by the French package police are... The proprietors of our mailbox. Yes. At our mailbox store. Right. Andre and Ruth. Now, yeah. I I always liked that his name was Andre, but I like it even better being that we are we have taken to full-time drinking the cheapest champagne known to man, Andre, and we like it and we don't need your notes, babe. So, Ruth and Andre, Mamel. Oh, Brandy. Yes, hello. You have package. We want to just let you know your package here. Also, you have many packages. We can have the, those these boxes in here. We get COVID droplets. Please come. <laughs> and then what about Andre? Uh, go kill yourself. Yeah, he's so mean to us. 
and I constantly will be like, Ruth, why is your boyfriend so mean to us? Uh huh, that's my husband, she'll say. And I'm like, we're like, we know. We recently went in there and we insisted that she call us when there's a package. Right. Because some packages would be leaking SpaghettiOs. We right. do get SpaghettiOs from wonderful mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. that we love. Mm-hmm. And we, we then eat them. They just get scooped out. Yeah. I mean, they leaked. And then so we're like, then call us, Ruth. Then call us. Because yeah. you know what? We need to know. So here's, here's, here's Ruth. Hi, this is Ruth from Postal Annex to let you know that you have packages. Thank you. <laughs> There's, I all- mean, it's, it is. That's just. <laughs> and, and you know what? Thank you, Ruth. Thank you. So now, according to Jamie, mm-hmm. Ruth, or I'm sure Andre, Jamie, for James, for the record, it was Andre. <laughs> so someone called her and was like, or returned it to the post office and said, we can't. Uh, who knows why? The popcorn, they denied it. We don't do popcorn here. We can't do it. It's not fresh. Oh, she said something about how she put the address. Well, she said it went back to popcorn people who then had to call my ass wondering why I had the wrong address. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know how they could have had the wrong address when it went to the correct address. Right. So everyone. Like, we, don't, we don't have a Jamie Voss here. We don't know what whose Jamie Voss is in this P.O. <laughs> box. We don't know. Sorry. <laughs> they sent it to my house, which has resulted in fewer bags for you guys. <laughs> I had to eat some to celebrate our WAP from Georgia race. Then had to eat more while watching CNN cover the Capitol and the Crunchwrap Supremus. What a fucking week. Anyways, hope you enjoy. Thanks for all you do. Forever 21, here we come. XO Jamie Voss. I'm glad that you had some, that you got to have some too, Jamie, because it's like we all had it together. Exactly. And we've been munching it and crunching munching it. Munching it. Loving it. Munching it and crunching it and doing it. Yeah. <laughs> we've been munching it and crunching it. Well, I mean, just for, not for nothing, we ate some last night yeah. with Andre Champagne <laughs> yeah. at approximately 1 a.m. <laughs> Now, Haley C. Mamiao from England, okay? Mm -hmm. Across the pond, we do have them. Mm -hmm. One of our 14 listeners is across the pond. So she sent us a cute little Christmas card. We understand that was months and months and months ago. <laughs> Haley, thank you for bearing with us. We're just parsoning these out. Parceling them out? Parsoning them out. Um, yeah, we're parsoning and parceling them out. We want to make sure you guys know that we got your, your shit. Dear Julie and Brandy, I hope this card finds you in good health and good cheer. I am a Patreon member, and you'll be happy to know that you are the only Patreon that I've put monies towards. Monies. Isn't that cute? <laughs> that is cute. Do all English people say monies? I don't know. That's so cute. That I've put monies towards. <laughs> I just wanted to add this note to say I love you both, and I think you're both awesome. I wish you another round of Christmas and New Year cheer. Lots of love, Haley. P.S. I apologize for not having a picture. If you want to see what I look like, find me on TikTok. <laughs> Haley? <laughs> Haley? That is unacceptable. Now, the only reason that we will let Haley slide for not sending a pic is because she didn't send a gift. Our biggest pet peeve is do not send a gift here before we have your picture so we know what you look like so we can write it in our special ledger of Mm -hmm. of gifts. Mm -hmm. We label every picture. It's just, it feels gross. It's like, it's way too mercenary. And though we love money, we love gift cards, we love (laughs) treats, we love crunchies, we love it all. We don't want to get that stuff from Mm -hmm. and not know who it's from. And it's just like, we only have 14 fucking listeners. And especially if you do the Patreon, that's, Literally all the support we require, and it is required. <laughs> now, Adrian Winterling, meow meow, mm-hmm. from Wilmington, Delaware. I think you know that's where our president, El Presidente. Yeah, that's where Jojo lives. <laughs> that's where he lived. What did he famously take that train? Took the Amtrak train, the commuter train, every day for 35 years. He's lucky he didn't get fucking assassinated. He is lucky. I mean, he's done taking it now. He Yeah, well, now they're like, Too hot sorry, the sir. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. She sent us a super cute holiday pic of her and her dude, Jason, and her babies, Hannah and Olivia. 
They sound like people who have like shows where they're like fixers. Hannah and Olivia Pope. <laughs> so look at this letter. It's so wow. great. Also, how great has it been to get handwritten letters? I haven't seen one of those in... Well, you know, we're going to, after Adrian, we've got later, Ryan sent us a typewritten letter that does look like we might be expecting um, a serial killer to drop by later. <laughs> which is also great, which <laughs> yeah. also put me in a looking for a typewriter hole the other day. <laughs> I was looking at typewriters. Just why? I don't know. I'm never going to use one. Well, you love, you love giving a serial killer note. You know how to do it even over email. You can scare someone <laughs> like, <gasps> did you see that? Yeah, because my grammar weird? is one of a serial killer. And up and down tenses and caps and underline and bold and not bold and italics. Uh. Belated holiday wishes from an adjacent to the original 14. Although I didn't watch People's Couch, I discovered you during the Vanderpump Rules after show, and it's been adoration from afar ever since. We always love a second shout out to any other credit we have. Of course. Although I'm a Patreon member, my kids started cursing too much, and so now I need to listen alone. One of my absolute favorite episodes... (laughs) Don't deny Hannah and Olivia, please. (laughs) ...is when you podcasted from a cruise. Not only did you have to relocate twice, but you played some random trivia game the ship was having. I don't know why that resonated. I must really be desperate for human connection, but I loved that. That and Julie's Melania impression. Oh, oh, I know I'm going to miss Melania too, but she'll be back somehow. Look, she's here now. (laughs) Uh, The trivia game was on the Patreon. Just saying. Just yeah, saying just saying for anyone. Who likes, for anyone it, yeah, mm-hmm. we also Julie also auditioned for Jeopardy live on the Patreon. Yeah, that's correct. We did. I've also eaten an egg with the shell on it. Mm-hmm. My husband is proudly a rhino in that he, he's a registered Republican when he was a high. In that high, means Republican in name only. Right, and he has been too lazy to change his party. Over the past four years, he has gone from barely watching the news to being obsessed with Rachel Maddow, who I gotta admit I love too. His top five has transitioned from Salma Hayek and Catherine Zeta-Jones to Elizabeth Warren and AOC. I love it when I drop some pod knowledge and he's mildly impressed. We are double Dells in that we both graduated from University of Delaware in 2004. Biden was our commencement speaker, a tidbit I plan to drop on him when I see him around town. That's right. I'm writing from Wilmington, Delaware, a mere seven miles from Biden's house. I have no insight other than when he travels, the Secret Service block off all nearby exits on I-95. I wonder if Hunter lives around there. (laughs) Hunter. Hunter, give me a (laughs) I don't know if you've talked about the future of the podcast once JoJo and Kiki take effect, but please keep it up. In fact, I volunteer to be your boots on the ground. Delaware correspondent. Or drop some engineering knowledge should you ever need it. Hubs and I are both civil engineers by degree and license, and I have to chuckle when a technical question comes up. Well, you can mail money here <laughs> since you're both engineers, and you can also hook up with a loads engineer, K Tiv. Her oh. husband's a loads engineer. I fact check you to my cat. I mean, I don't know what civil engineers do, but and I don't know how, when have we ever have we ever even asked an engineering question. I don't even know if we are even in the pay grade to ask a engineering But I can tell you the load-bearing ball of the (laughs) old-timey bing-bong goes down to the agricultural surface of the the moon. I'm flattered that we might even even mention something she could fact-check. I have no no idea. Well, girls, that's it for me. Love your work. It's been real. Not so fun. Not really gay, but totally dumb. Fist bumps abound. Adrian Winterling. And here's a couple of PSs about the kids. Olivia is five and a half and more emotional than Trump at his first debate. 
Hannah is three and is the wild one. She'll either be a streaker, a Wiccan, or a Republican. At this point, we're happy she takes it easy on us and just gets arrested a few times for nonviolent crimes, of course. <laughs> and that's probably the one that's really cussing. Wow. Which we love. Well, that's nice. They are so cute. That They're is cute. so nice. Super awesome letter. We love you, Adrian. Thank you. It's lovely to meet you. We are expecting garbage bags full of engineering um, salary in the mail. Just lots of engineering tools. (laughs) All right. So last but not least, serial killer um, aforementioned Ryan Losinger. This is our first correspondence from Ryan. He also, like Haley, did not send a picture for the drug den bulletin board, which is the law. And um, again, he fancies a serial killer typewriter <laughs> vibe, as do you, meow meow. I love it, Ryan. I'd like to know what you type this on. Bullet. It's white printer paper with type font the whole way down. It's it looks even like the a even the envelope is has has it on it. Yeah. Oh God, I love it. Hey, sexos. Ryan Losinger here, one of the OG 14. (laughs) Please forgive my serial killer style of letter, but there is no way that you would ever be able to read my handwriting. I've been a huge fan of you girls since your first appearance on Gay Pimpin'. I literally, literally listen to you every day. My method of de-stressing is to go for a drive and you both accompany me every time. My daily dose of serotonin. I bust out laughing every time Julie lapses into a voice or just says, hey guys, at the tiniest provocation. Everything that comes out of Brandy's dryly sarcastic mouth is absolute gold. I'm almost as big of a bug nut as dumpling. I'm sorry I can't shower you with gifts as I'm a broke ass bitch. I just wanted to thank you both for being the light in my darkness. I will be sending a pic via Postmates just as soon as I can. And he means post snap. Post snap. Postsnap.com for anyone. Right. And Ryan, we insist. And don't send us any gifts. Just send us your handsome face. P.S. I may wreck my car from excitement if you read this on the air. So give me a warning. Watch out. All right, now it's time for JoJo and Kiki. <laughs> Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. JoJo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Hey, JoJo and Kiki. Motherfucker. I'm going to let you have it. JoJo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Die, turn, work. JoJo and Kiki. So last week was Jojo and Kiki's very first official seven day week as president and the Democrats are already fucking this up so much for not having anything to talk about on this podcast once Trump was gone. Brandy and I made a promise to each other that if Georgia pulled through and Democrats managed to win the Senate that we wouldn't punch down or nitpick the Democrats in Congress like, oh, I don't know, Bernie Sanders, (laughs) just to have funny rage fodder for the podcast. But I should have known that it would be impossible because there are just there's too many Democrats that are assholes. I mean, it's been like 10 fucking days. How is there already a stupid fucking Democrat throwing salt in our stimulus check game? Jojo and Kiki made it clear during their entire campaign, during the entire Georgia runoff campaign, during the entire transition and every day since the fucking inauguration that the minute they were in office, they were going to propose a comprehensive COVID relief and economic stimulus bill (laughs) to help Americans get the fuck out of the Chinese virus toilet (laughs) that we are currently drowning in. We own the Senate by a razor thin margin, which means that we need... Every single Democrat on board if we want to pass anything. 
And of course, surprise, surprise, or no surprise, there's already a thirst bucket <laughs> making an issue. Uh, last year, because of the pandemic, more than 35 million people in America did not even have enough money for food. So who is the Democrat that objected to a bill that will help those people, you ask? The answer? Joe Manchin. That's who. <laughs> Joe Manchin is a pandering Fox News fence-riding senator from West Virginia. He's so far up Republicans nuts, he voted for Brett Rape Kavanaugh to be on the Supreme Court. And his vote didn't even matter. Republicans had enough votes to confirm gang rape Kavanaugh without Joe Manchin throwing his tiny fake Democrat dick in the ring. Not to mention, he's such a pandering twat that he just refused to vote to end the Senate filibuster because that would mean that Democrats could pass every single piece of legislation that they wanted just so long as Joe fucking Manchin voted with the Democrats like he was elected to do. No. Instead, he literally promised, he went into an office and promised Mitch Maturtle that he would not vote to abolish the filibuster because that way he can let the Republicans block all the legislation and his vote won't matter. I don't know if he's being blackmailed by the Republican Party or being paid by the Republican Party or both. But in less than a week, Joe Manchin has replaced Mitch McConnell as the Republican Party's right-hand man. And the magnitude of what we stand to lose is breathtaking. Oh, my God. The, I, 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 he, he, oh. <laughs> the JoJo and Kiki COVID plan is called the American Rescue Plan, and it will cost $1.9 trillion. That includes $1,400 stimulus checks for most Americans to help with food, housing, child care, and utility assistance. $440 billion for first responders, essential workers, small businesses, tribal governments, and transit agencies. $270 billion to expand COVID vaccinations and testing. $130 billion for schools to achieve safe reopening. And $10 billion to modernize the federal cybersecurity infrastructure. It's a solid, well-thought-out plan that I'm sure 500 economists and our best girl Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen worked on. The plan is fucking genius, and I can guarantee you that any asshole who is claiming to be worried about adding debt to the federal deficit is definitely not worried about adding CO2 to the atmosphere and destroying the planet. Why? Because they won't be alive to see it. So guess what? Same. I don't give a fuck about the government spending $1.9 trillion that they don't have. Paying it back is not our problem, and we won't be alive when the bill comes due. And whoever is alive can let Jeff Bezos's and Mark Zuckerberg's drug-addicted heirs make the payments, since they doubled their goddamn net worth by profiting off the pandemic. Yeah! So, Speaker of the House Nance Pelosi and new Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schum have been working round the clock with JoJo and Kiki on the pathway to passing the COVID America Rescue Plan without any Republican votes in the Senate. So, through some complicated deal called budget resolution, which we were forced to learn about in a very on-brand, long-winded, side-winding, <laughs> overly long and detailed Rachel Maddow monologue last week, which we wouldn't wish on anyone, so just trust us when we tell you, through budget resolution, the Senate Democrats can pass two things right away with just a simple majority. That's 51 votes. There are 50 Democrats in the Senate, and Kamala Harris's WAP makes 51. And again, it bears a mentioning. The only reason Senate Democrats are being forced to use budget resolution to pass anything is because Joe Manchin cock-blocked canceling yeah. the filibuster. We'll say it, 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 we'll say it. And now he's talking about using his tiny fake Democrat dick to cock-block the Jojo Kiki COVID relief plan. He's the one. He's the one. 
I'm about good and fucking done with this turncoat red belly <laughs> Susan Collinsy thirst bucket senator holding up legislative aid for 300 million Americans on behalf of one fucking state with two million people. You know how I feel about this, man. Now it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy. And just like Susan Collins, just like Maine, go take Maine and go bug it. And again, with all due, there are twice as many people in the city of Los Angeles than in the entire state of West Virginia. This is one tiny senator from one tiny state. And like I said, with all due to any of our 14 listeners that are from or currently in West Virginia, not only is it home to the Charlottesville white crunch wrap supremacist <laughs> march to preserve the statues of slave owners, mm. where Trump said there were good people on both sides. It's also the state where the most disturbing and disgusting hillbilly movie of all time was based. <laughs> and that movie is what, meow Yeah, Deliverance, of course. Again, 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 with all due. I'm sure I sound like a coastal elitist, man. Coastal elitist, my father. Which actually makes me feel smart, so I don't even care. But the truth is, I'm not. I graduated from Texas Tech, and I know this energy intimately. <laughs> the men in West Virginia have such a heinous reputation that there's literally a fucking movie where two redneck West Virginian <laughs> monsters butt rape another man behind a tree and tell him to squeal like a pig. I literally can't. I can't. I can't. But the deficit, Brandy. <laughs> it's not JoJo and Kiki's first rodeo. They were well aware that Joe Manchin fucked up the filibuster and that he was lurking around whining about the COVID plan. So they immediately took him out of the opening credits, demoted him from housewife to friend, and then went directly to the people of West Virginia to tell them what exactly the COVID plan is. Kamala Harris literally did an interview <laughs> with a local news station in West Virginia. And we all know what's doing on the local news. Hours does a 9 a.m. stretch where they all do stretches and the weather person named Liberty Chan, she wears short skirts and nude platform heels every single day, gets down and does full on downward dog and backbends and shit. And her <laughs> legs are spread wide all the time. As a general rule, local news people should not be talking to goddamn Kamala Harris. But they got to in West Virginia because she had to let the people of West Virginia know that if they don't get their stimulus money, it will be because of their own selfish self-serving senator many americans would argue still needs done is some sort of financial relief for people struggling to make ends meet as month 10 of the covid 19 pandemic drags on the president and i are really clear we can't continue this way and we've got to er work with a sense of urgency and so we're offering the american rescue plan that's about opening back opening schools back up in a safe way it's about getting support for small businesses getting relief for families so many people have been unemployed for, for almost a year at this point, hardworking folks um, who have lost their jobs through no fault of their own. And the president That's and I right. feel very strongly that these are the moments when we are facing a crisis of unbelievable proportion that the, that the American people deserve their leaders to step up and stand up for them. Completely. I love how she, she tried to keep it real. See, she's not judgy like us. She's like the hardworking folks <laughs> who lost a job through no fault of their own. She's being so sweet. And I'm like, you goddamn fucking rapist, redneck, fucking deliverance tools. She wore black. Okay. I love when she wears black. I love when she wears clothes. I love seeing her. <laughs> We literally scour YouTube for clips of her simply walking or swearing people in or just like, I don't even know, just doing shit around the White House. So we are obviously 100% here for Kiki bossing up. No one has time for Joe Manchin playing games on the phone, okay? And he had the audacity 
the, the sheer audacity to get salty that Joe Biden ignored him and Kamala Harris owned him on his own turf as if they needed to send a car for him, roll out the red carpet, <laughs> turn on the space heater and whip up a salumi platter so that he could tell them all of his problems with their fucking plan to send money to help Americans who got screwed over by the pandemic. No, sir. No. I saw it. I couldn't believe it. No one called me. We're going to try to find a bipartisan pathway forward. I think we need to, but we need to work together. That's not a way of working together, what was done. Can you believe that shit? Uh, the guy's a fucking asshole. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm who not sorry. You, who the hell are you apologizing for, for cussing mom and dad? Oh. I'm not sorry, Oh my sorry, god, I'm cussing though. so much in this one. I hope they don't listen to it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm hungover. Leon, Phyllis. I just, this isn't a vote on a war. This isn't, you're not the one, you're not Bernie Sanders being like, I don't want to go to a war in Iraq. Okay, which is some sort of Also annoying, just don't be the one person. Okay, fine. It's (laughs) annoying, but at least I could respect someone who doesn't want to go to war. Oh, right. Okay, fine. You don't want, I get it. That's fine. But this and this, you're, what are you worried about? You worried about not working together? He's offended that, (sighs) he's like, I saw it. I couldn't believe it. Like, he, he, you know, he just sat there with his dick shriveling up and he could not believe that she sat there being nice and caring and empathetic and taking care of his constituents. Yeah. The job he should be doing. Now she forces him to have to go back and answer to the people he should be answering to. And all of us get out of the democratic party. Dick suck. Yeah, that's (laughs) exactly. Everyone wants it. The country wants it. Everyone wants the stupid fucking COVID bill. We all want our $1,400 and we all want our unemployment stimulus. And what are you, who asked you? And, it, and it's clear who wants it because over 400 mayors all across the country in both red states and blue states signed a letter urging Congress to pass the bill. Like Mitch McConnell and Kentucky, West Virginia is one of the poorest states. Even the governor of West Virginia came out in full support of the plan. It is absolutely astounding what has become of our federal government. No wonder half the country believes the Democrats in Washington are pedophiles in a satanic cult that traffic children for their adrenal glands. That is literally easier to believe than this shit. Okay, now it's time to take another trip to Cabinet Street. Can you tell me how to get, how to get to Cabinet Street? How to get to Cabinet Street? I'll try going lower and you go higher. How to get to Cabinet Street? I'm not good going low. Look at the mountains. <laughs> All right. So due to the fact that Republicans in Congress staged a crunch wrap coup on the Capitol, many of Biden's cabinet nominees have yet to be voted on and confirmed by the Senate. The House is busy impeaching Trump, but the Senate, who should have nothing but time to hold these confirmation hearings, are busy doing what they do best. Obstructing. 
Joe Manchin. <laughs> Correct. And hopefully that Joe Manchin problem gets resolved in the next day or two or today. But until then, we are going to continue our meet and greet on Cabinet Street so that we can get to know the important players in the Biden administration who have been confirmed. And the reason we are doing this now is because we did it way back in 2016 with Trump's cabinet. And we made it a point to remember every single person that Trump nominated and flesh them out to be the three-dimensional monsters that they were. <laughs> From Rex Tillerson to Betsy DeVos to Steve Mnuchin, there was an rancid pube hiding in Trump's lunchbox that we didn't know about. That's right. And this is our second week on Cabinet Street. Last week, we met Treasury Secretary Dammit Janet Yellen, Biden's White House Chief of Staff Plain Jane Ron Klain, and Defense Secretary Lloyd Back to the Future Austin, who now has an additional nickname of Stone Cold Lloyd Austin. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this week we have five new cabinet members to learn. Okay, so everybody get your fucking thinking caps. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, we have Pete Buttigieg, who we all already know. Now, we've decided to play a little clip from each person for you guys because their voices help to make them real. And we are using every trick in the book to make these normal, wonderful people memorable because turns out, <laughs> sweetie, it's much easier to remember rotted monsters like Betsy DeVos <laughs> simply because they're hideous and scary. Uh, OK, so let's start with the easiest. Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg got confirmed this week as the new Secretary of Transportation. He will be replacing Mitch McConnell's corrupt wife, Elaine Chow, who did nothing with the transportation department except use it as her family's personal mule for the last four years. A puppet could do a better job. And since Pete Buttigieg looks exactly like Howdy Doody, I think we're good. <laughs> at, the <laughs> at the end of the day, he gay, he's smart, and he's super ambitious. He will not let anything get in the way of his yellow brick road right to the White House. And that's the thing that makes us confident he will deliver on infrastructure. Next, we have <laughs> Jennifer Granholm, okay, the new energy secretary. And she does have the energy we like. Jennifer Granholm is basically like everyone's pretty supportive mom <laughs> and she really does remind me of my mom because Anne Murray reminds me of my mom and Jennifer Granholm <laughs> actually looks like how I think Anne Murray looks in my mind or something it's a reach and if you're too young to know who Anne Murray is that's okay I'm just happy you're even listening to this podcast that said Jennifer Granholm is a hard name to remember so we labeled her as the super problematic Jennifer Grandma's home and Grandma's pretty Granholm <laughs> Jennifer, Grandma's Home and Grandma's Pretty Grand Home. And I'll tell you, I forgot it. And I said, what's her name? Grandma's Home and Grandma's Pretty. But you knew it, man. And then I was like, Jennifer Granholm. <laughs> but all I knew was Grandma's Home and Grandma's Pretty. But she is a serious delight. And we encourage you to click the keys and Google her because... You really want to see what she looks like. But here she is being a WAP queen at her confirmation hearing. Um, just a little about me. I was, um, as Senator Stabenow mentioned, I was brought to this country from Canada at four years old by parents seeking economic opportunity. And as I mentioned, when I was nominated, my parents both only had high school degrees. My dad was born into dire poverty in a cabin with no running water in a rural part mm. of Canada. My Ooh. dad's father shot and killed himself mm. out of desperation during the Great Depression because he couldn't find work for himself uh, to support my grandmother and their three children. My dad was three years old at the time. So I bring to this role the sincere belief that we in America cannot leave our people behind. 
I'd like to share a bit about the focus that I'll bring to the Department of Energy if I'm confirmed. I'll focus on, uh, the DOE does a huge number of things, but I want to uh, talk about three missions. First is the security of America through the National Security, Nuclear Security Administration and the cleanup of that Cold War legacy, ensuring that we can protect our nation. Second, uh, supporting the amazing amazing scientific work that's being done at the DOE's 17 national laboratories and other facilities across the country, including on climate change and emissions reductions. And third, taking that research to scale, deploying it to create jobs for Americans. And it's that last point that I want to pause on for a moment, because I believe I was nominated by President Biden because I am obsessed with creating good paying jobs in America. Having been the governor of Michigan when the automotive industry was on its knees. Oh, I love that she said she's obsessed with anything. I know. She's just like really real. She's really real. <laughs> and at the beginning, um, we didn't play that part of the clip, but they asked her to introduce who she's with and she introduces her husband and said the, her, her love her and, and her best friend. is so yeah. cute and she's so just, grandma's home and grandma's pretty and she fucking rocks. I yeah. mean, just, we love her. Next up is Marsha, Marsha, Marsha Fudge, the new Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Marsha, Marsha, Marsha is replacing Ben Carson, who can wait on the curb with the rest of the trash, <laughs> including the painting he has of himself as Jesus, with himself touching his own self as Jesus on the shoulder. The painting is out at the uh, curb honestly, with the trash yes, with him. And it should be Ben Carson is garbage. Marsha Fudge can also be described as everyone's pretty mom. Please click the keys in Google, Marsha. She's so comforting and so capable. She gives us every feeling we've been missing for four years. We stand, we live, we lurk, we love. Marsha, 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 motherfucking fudge. It's a palm. <laughs> <laughs> we stand, we live, we lurk, we love. Marsha, 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 motherfucking fudge. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, if, if I may, Mr. Chairman, may I introduce my family that is with me today? Absolutely, you may. Thank you. You've heard much about my mother today, but I'm going to have her wave at you uh, if, if they can <laughs> see her. And this is the rest of all of my family, here, my, my aunts, my it's so cute. all of my cousins and dear friends. She has like so a ton of family there. I just so wanted cute. you to be aware that we are all here together. I'm very, very close to my family and I'm Please, that they I can want be to be in her family. family. I know, I know, me too. <laughs> She's talking to Pat Toomey. He's a, also uh, and to a piece my of shit. senators, uh, thank you for your kind words and certainly for your friendship. Mr. Chairman, uh, Mr. Ranking Member, I thank President Biden for nominating me to serve as the 18th Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and will do everything possible to ensure that every American has a roof over their head. Mm. The housing issues our nation faces are real, varied, and touch all of us. I'm a strong believer in the department's programs and its mission, especially with regard to serving those who face the greatest need. Senators, I have dedicated my entire life to public service and to working to help low-income families, seniors, and communities. I believe I am up to the challenge that is before me. I believe her. I believe in her. I believe. Mm. I believe. When she talks, I believe. I believe. When Single she said she, she wants to have every person to have a roof over their head, I was like... <gasps> Yeah. Okay, this next guy is soups boring to us, so we sandwiched him in the middle of all these stars, and we really jazzed up his bio to the point where he's almost memorable now. So, Anthony Blinken 182 <laughs> is Biden's pick for Secretary of State. Here's what's interesting about Anthony Blink 182. They he, sometimes will say Tony Blinken too, oh. but 
So it could be Tony Blink in 182, but I don't know. Anthony is what we're doing yeah, for now. But they, yeah. they, I feel like Jen Saki calls him Tony oh, a bunch. I guess they call him. Okay. Well, they should be calling him Anthony. <laughs> um, he was Deputy Secretary of State in the Obama administration, which will forever be a selling point for us. He met his wife, Evan Ryan, in 1995 when he was working as a speechwriter, which is a position that we love. And she was working as a scheduler for Hillary Clinton. Fifteen years later, they now have two little babies, which Brandy loves. <laughs> and she's making me say that she loves the name Evan Ryan, which simply by being married to her makes Anthony Blinken cool. I myself will add that he plays guitar <laughs> and loves to play Patience by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> and he speaks fluent French fluently. <laughs> There's nothing like fluent French fluently, and he's obsessed with France, which is obviously super gay and super fucking cool. Here's Antony Blinken, 182. Uh, my family, especially my wife uh, and our children, John and Lila, is my greatest blessing. He has a baby named John. Our tradition of public service <laughs> you named a child, is a John. source of tremendous pride. Uh, I view that tradition as something of a sacred duty. He is very boring. Payment yeah. on the debt. But that our I family owes good. to the nation. But, that gave you know, so many of my relatives refuge. Started banging his wife when they worked in the fucking Clinton administration. The generations. My grandfather, Maurice Blinken. And they've been together since 1995 and they've got after young kids, Russian I think. Pogroms. Yeah. My father's wife, Vera Blinken, found refuge in America okay. after fleeing the communist regime in Hungary. Uh, my sister, Flulululu Blinken, <laughs> she also fled. And then my other cousin, Bluely, Bluely Blinken, uh, <laughs> fled the pogrom and then my uncle daddy Pari Blinken and Blinky Blinken and Blinkity Blinkity Blonk Blinken all were running through in the Holocaust and then of course they were um, knighted and then put through into the cabinet our entire family's been in the cabinet it's also a little tidbit half of his goddamn family has worked for the government yeah he's completely and yeah his stepfather fucking ran away from the holocaust or he some literally shit. told the story the fucking stepfather was in a death march which is where they take you in a line to go die yeah okay to get shot and hmm. into a ditch God or whatever Jesus. and then the, the the guy was like don't think so nazis and then he like ran off into the woods the killer somehow no the, the stepdad oh he just ran away he just figured Genius. out to run away and he ran into the woods and he was like living in a tree or whatever <laughs> and then the he saw a tank and then uh the way he describes it is a, the tank came and he thought you know he was so excited because there was a white star on it which then denoted that it wasn't nazi and it was so he thought it was would be helpful they went up to the tank and then it turned out to be a an African-American GI got out of the tank and was like, put his arms out to him and helped him into the into the thing and wow. saved his life. And well, so it's technically not even really related to Antony Blink-182 Blink Blink <laughs> because um, it's his stepfather. But right. we still know he plays Patience on his guitar. He's I love that he plays Patience band. on the guitar. He speaks fr- fluent French fluently. Yeah, he goes, oh, he's Avon. A, yeah, he's a total Francophile, like, which I think is... They spent a lot of time in France, the family. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, he's got a super interesting history and bio and family, and he's, you know, but, you know, what can we say? He's fucking snore pie with Jan Sauce, <laughs> and probably all Secretary of States are. Which is good. Just, you know, he just, just go out there take care of the biz and you know they probably feel like it's soothing and comforting to have a, just a nice yeah 
just a quiet and he can sp- and he can probably speak on any subject. I mean, John Kerry was like ASMR for me when he was I, I, I couldn't even begin to deal. Now he's so interesting. I could listen to him talk all day. Yeah. When he was secretary of state, I was like, uh-uh, not to mention honey. he's 7000 feet tall. He has a face like a is also 7000 feet long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he's got a deep voice and he's coming in talking about no climate. And you're like, Jesus. Okay, so in a world of WAPs, this next guy also seemed inconsequential until we took a closer look. <laughs> Alejandro, Ale, Ale, Alejandro. <laughs> How does that song go? What is the tune of it? That good old Lady Gaga song, Alejandro, which we all thought, why is that a song do you have, <laughs> Lady Gaga? Why? I don't know. But Ale, 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 Alejandro, Mayorkas. Welcome to the hearing. I mean, just of honestly. Alejandro Mayorkas. <laughs> Isn't it interesting looking at old Lady Gaga with a new lens of her cheese mongering? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the hearing, Alejandro. Ooh! All the senators, lights, lights, they're all. Just imagine this is a music video in the Congress. (laughs) Do you swear to uphold the Constitution? Why? <laughs> she has two hands in her pockets. Listen, she's Alejandro Mayorka. <laughs> I mean, oh, oh, <laughs> really? Here we go, finally. Oh, Mayorkas. <laughs> Okay, that's okay, what it well, is. Wow. I thought she goes, Ali, Ali, Alejandro. She probably does at some okay. point. So basically, Ali, Ali, Alejandro Mayorkas <laughs> is Biden's pick for the head of Homeland Security. Out of all the nominees, Ali, Ali, Alejandro <laughs> is getting the most shade from Republicans outside of Susan Rice, who Biden ended up choosing to be in charge of domestic policy simply because the Republicans would never have confirmed her for any position because they still have a stick up their ass about Benghazi <laughs> and they can all go fucking die in a fire with Joe Manchin. We love Susan Rice and we are super mm. stoked on her ass. They are currently serving their salty bullshit to Ale Mayorkas. And yes, he does go by like Ali, Ale. Mm, Ale. Like, why are they Republicans being salty to Ali Mayorkas? Who knows? He's a Jewish Cuban whose mother escaped the Holocaust to Cuba. And then both of his parents escaped Cuban communism to America. He low-key looks like Jeff Bezos um, in his mask. But the minute he opens his mouth, it's clear he's a goddamn fucking angel. The dude is a warrior (laughs) who did so much for California in terms of the Mexican cartel. And this is coming from two people who love drugs and love Mexican cartels (laughs) who provide them. Okay, here he is Mm. introducing his wife, Tanya, and his teenage daughters, Amelia and Giselle. Okay, first of all, I'm annoyed that fucking Blinkity Blinkin 182 stole Ale Alejandro's (laughs) Holocaust Thunder. Because this guy's actual mom fled during the Holocaust to Cuba and then gets restuck in another Holocaust type situation. She's like, God damn, can I get a fucking break? And then they leave Cuba to come here. Then when he introduces his wife, Tanya, and the teenage daughters, Amelia and Giselle. And I was like, wait, I'm sorry. And then you see these two. I mean, his wife is gorgeous. And then you see these two girls sitting there in these masks. And they're kind of like. You know, just a sullen teenage yeah, cute yeah, Daria. Yeah, They're in mm-hmm. like Doc Martens. Just I was like, ah, ah, ah. I was living for his daughters, mm-hmm. living, living, living. 
The man is Andy Garcia <laughs> and Julie combined, and he's got the sexy family to prove it. We love Ale Mayorkas. Check out his genius. <laughs> I am honored to appear before you as the nominee to be the next Secretary of the United States Department of Homeland Security. Just give it a chance. It would be the greatest privilege of my life to return to the department and lead the nearly 240,000 men and women who dedicate their talent and energy to the safety and security of our nation. I appear before you not alone, but with and because of my family. Oh, so cute. My wife, Tanya, and our beautiful daughters, Giselle and Mimi, enable and inspire oh, me to Mimi serve. Instead of Amelia. They oh, understand God. that my heart is in government service. They are the heart of my heart. How and sweet I say to is them, that? I love back. you. He looked back at them. He looked back and then said, oh, yeah, I got choked up. I got choked up. Rewind a little bit. so sweet. He is so sweet. This is why we're doing this. I love you. This is why we're doing this. You know, we're doing the deep dive. That my heart is in government service. They are the heart of my heart. And I say to them, He looks back at them. I love you. Oh, God. Jesus. How dare you do that to me? I mean, and the daughters are, I love that they're kind of like bitchy teens. We don't yes, know what anyone's yes, feeling because everyone's no. in a mask, yes, you know? Uh -huh. But he's just, he is. I get this, the, this, the, the comfort and safety feeling from him too. Yeah. He's, dealing, he's Homeland Security, so he's going to be dealing with immigration. So it's like you want somebody who is an immigrant to yep. be dealing with that and just, or at least have understanding and, and empathy and, and compassion empathy. and have love, love in their heart, unlike. That, that's right. Everyone in the Trump administration. And to love his kids so he can literally get the feeling right. of this is animalistic, what we've done to these people. Right. And regardless of how you feel about immigration and, you know, nobody here is being like open borders. It's just it's inhumane what's happening. And, you know, yeah. he's awesome. Last but not least is our new ambassador to the U.N., Linda Jonathan Taylor Thomas Greenfield. As our new eyes and ears at the United Nations, Linda Taylor Thomas bids a long-awaited motherfucking adieu to Nikki receding gums Haley. The last four years were a fever dream of cringe-worthy blackouts involving Trump and our allies. There's not a single humiliated stone he left unturned or a single bridge he left unburnt. <laughs> Another poem. Oh, you are on <laughs> fire! Linda Jonathan Taylor Thomas Greenfield has an enormous diplomatic task ahead of her. And luckily, she has an enormous diplomatic resume to carry her. She's attractive, she's charming, she is aspirational, and she is historic. She's one of those people who seems destined for greatness simply by the energy she gives off. Here she is at her confirmation, getting her life and giving us ours. When I joined the Foreign Service in 1982, I was not the norm. Many of my colleagues had gone to Ivy League schools, and I'd gone to segregated high schools, as you've already heard, and to LSU as a consequence of a lawsuit. Not to mention, I was joining an organization facing two class action lawsuits that applied to me, one led by black officers in the Foreign Service and the other by women. And yet, I had an extraordinary 35-year career that culminated as the Assistant Secretary of State for African Affairs. To me, that represents the progress and the promise of America. Still, I never expected that I would have the chance to step into the shoes of so many luminaries, leaders like Jean Kirkpatrick, who was the permanent representative when I first joined the service, or my own mentor, Ambassador Ed Perkins, the first African-American ambassador to South Africa, a UN ambassador, and a giant among diplomats. 
are the iconic Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, followed most recently by four other women, Ambassador Susan Rice, Samantha Powers, Nikki Haley, and Kelly Kraft, my most recent predecessor. Like my mentors, role models, and predecessors, I strongly believe diplomacy is an irreplaceable tool in the work of advancing America's interests and building a better world. She reminds me of Oprah for some reason. It's like, yeah. I love her hair. I yeah, love, yeah. it's like, there's just, there's like, I just get this. I just love her. I really do. And this country has a lot of irreplaceable tools. Oh, God. You know what I mean? Or replaceable tools. Yeah. I we, would hope. We need to get rid of a lot of tools. <laughs> Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a So There's That moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because it's fucking impossible to find an uplifting story to end the show on, especially when half the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing cult and the other half are whiny entitled virtue signalers who are too busy fighting Bernie battles with their own side to win the war. But the beat goes on, Meow Meow. The beat must go on. Let me go on. Why? Because we didn't start this fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. And Billy Joel is a fucking tool. Right, Meow Meow? Well, we will be getting into that on the Patreon. Okay. Well, right now, we need you to tell us why we should give a fuck with your So There's That. Okay. Well, let's just get right into it. GameStop, BlackBerry, AMC movie chains. Nokia and Bed Bath and Beyond. They are all the reasons why we should care. I thought we could explain what's going on and why it brings warm cockles to my WAP. And regardless of what the ultimate end result is, the dick slap heard around the world has been well worth it. Now, I don't do stocks and bonds or Wall Street. I do, however, have a tiny IRA. My parents started for me with my bat mitzvah money. And I wish Michael Douglas, a.k.a. Gordon Gecko, would take us out for an all-night debaucherous rich guy night on the town where we most likely would end up in the trunk of someone's car. I think it's obvious that you don't um, dabble in stocks, as you said, <laughs> stocks and bonds. And your reference was from the movie Wall Street rather than Leo in uh, Wolf of Wall Street, right. where we really want um, to have an all night of debauchery <laughs> where we have to army crawl from our car <laughs> to right. our door. Here's the thing. Wolf of Wall Street, regular Wall Street, and the cocaine-infused rapists who run it have a stranglehold and a monopoly on the economy, and Wall Street and the stock market is a rich man's game, and there's some games we're never going to win, so why even play? And it's a con, and it's rigged. <laughs> At least that's what I thought until four days ago when a group of hungry nerd tigers said, we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. You've all heard of this GameStop Robin Hood thing, and for those of you who haven't been following it and want to know what's going on, it basically goes like this, but before a little background. Trump spent the last four years touting how great our economy is because the stock market is so strong, 
and whatever points go up and the Dow and numbers and people <laughs> and making money and American portfolios and your money and power and powerful money and now and HBO shows and Showtime HBO shows. shows Showtime shows <laughs> stars movies, shows movies, power yeah. greed <laughs> hunger American greed hunger power American greed well whatever they're all words 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 money words but Bitcoin short coin short stop stoop stop now if you're rich you can buy into a hedge fund or play the market, which is what we've learned is actually literally playing the market. Like these people are doing fine. They know all those words. Those words mean everything to them. They love it. They just keep looking at it. They love those words, those words, those words, those words. However, for most Americans, the stock market is an aspirational endeavor because ultimately you are gambling, literally. You give your money to a stockbroker who guesses and determines what stocks or trades will increase and thus either making you more money or losing your money. Hedge funds are the biggest gamble of all. A rich shady guy in a suit has a hedge fund, which is basically lots of people all putting their money into a pot and the hedge fund manager guesses where that pot should go. Examples include Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> right. The mm -hmm. major, most important one of all Bernie Madoff. Who, who, who scammed millions and millions and billions of dollars from people including hadassah the ladies jewish charity where he literally stole like eight million dollars and what them. about our friend craig that's right who had their his parents all had the jews money. he yeah. went to all the jews <laughs> and now he makes all of his money in prison by right. um bartering um hot chocolate, hot chocolate he's a right. hot chocolate hedge fund in a white collar prison <laughs> hot chocolate hedge fund <laughs> exactly exactly that's actually true hedge fund managers generally are living on inside trading lying conning um you know being criminals however it's not completely illegal it is actually completely legal and they figured out a way to do it except for like the Bernie Madoff ones who are actual criminals but he's he did contribute to a lot of the right. policies that make a lot of that shit legal oh, Bernie Madoff was writing policy as he went all the way from the 80s as we know and okay so I'm really simplifying here but you get the gist hedge fund lots of people put the money in the manager Bernie Madoff takes all those people's money and finds somewhere to put it so that they make the more money well, this Ashton Kutcher has a hedge fund, too. Of course he does. <laughs> he also apparently, doesn't he also like to butt fuck girls in hot tubs? Who doesn't? Right. <laughs> this year, <laughs> this year, hedge funds decided that GameStop. Oh, no, that was Owen Wilson. Oh, I'm sorry. That's Owen Wilson. Oh, Ashton Kutcher doesn't want condoms. And he checks the IDs at the door and they sign a non-disclosure. But mm. Owen Wilson's the one who picks up girls in Skybar, uh -huh. takes them to the hot tub uh -huh. immediately to in wash their asshole out. Then he takes them inside to the bed where he then eats their asshole. And But it's now clean from the chlorinated hot tub. I see. What a prince. Well, this year, hedge funds decided that GameStop, AMC movie theaters, Nokia, BlackBerry, and Bed Bath & Beyond needed to go under so they could make money. They're so large and powerful that they can actually control the market to bow to their will. And these companies were about to take a nosedive due to this Satan cabal's evil wishes. Well, the nerd tigers were not having it. A group on Reddit called Wall Street Bets had been complaining and talking about the fact they don't want to lose these companies. And they're sick of these fucking assholes controlling everything and shutting down the companies at their whim and companies that they love. So through their Reddit groups, they all conspired to buy stocks into all these companies, which would inflate the prices and keep the companies alive. 
They were able to do this on an app called Robinhood. Robinhood existed by selling themselves to people, saying they were the answer to the big stock market for the little guy. You could be anyone and go on the app and do day trades of small amounts and play your hand and do the market and do your portfolio, but you don't have to be a billionaire. You're a regular person with your regular money. Well, the Nerd Tigers did just that and they did it in huge numbers and what they did shocked and awed whitey they were able to come together and as a community saved every one of those companies inflated the prices and destroyed the hedge funds who never saw it coming but then robin hood froze the trading and no one understood why well then we found out that robin hood is owned by a hedge fund and their very existence was a lie so now, of course, the rich hedge funders and Republicans are all crying. This can't happen. The system is rigged. The little guy can never get ahead. And the rich Wall Street guys are crying. This can't happen. This is going to destroy the market. This is how we do it. <laughs> <laughs> You're stealing all our money. you got to leave Wall Street to the professionals. Meow, meow, meow. And stop keeping rich people from getting richer. They're literally the gall of the rich. These rich guys is astounding. And one of them named Leon. There are no words. There are no (laughs) words. A hedge fund manager named Leon Cooperman went on CNBC and he went to describe why it's so horrible. What Robin Hood and these regular Joe day traders, what what they were doing. The reason the market is doing what it's doing is people are sitting at home getting the checks from the government. Okay. And this fair share is a bullshit concept. It's just a way of attacking wealthy people. And, you know, I think it's inappropriate. We all got to work together and pull together. We got to pull together so that we we got to pull together so that we can stay rich and people are at home. They're sick or they're dying or they lose their jobs and they get a government check of six hundred (laughs) dollars. And they fucking sit on their ass for a year with $600 or twelve or $2,000 you got in a full year and you took that money and you tried to make more money. God forbid you should try and get out of the situation you're in. But fuck, you can't do that. You're going to hurt wealthy people. It's just all a conspiration to, to make wealthy people hurt. That guy, Leon Cooperman, was the hedge fund guy that lost all the money. His hedge fund tanked. Well, what these guys did was to expose everyone. It's absolutely incredible, and we are living for it. Hedge funds are evil, Wall Street is rigged, the rich don't want to share the wealth, and hopefully this will lead to regulation. The very regulation that these rich guys and Republicans keep crying and whining they don't want. Including social media, which also is where it all went down. Social media, honey, you better get right. ready to regulate that, motherfuckers. That's right. But they cry and they whine that the that it's rigged and it's not regulated, but they never want regulation nope. until it hurts their bottom right. line. The Reddit nerds really pulled together and showed what good can come when groups of people come together for the power of positive change and true establishment disruption. Now, I don't know if any big changes will come from it, but the small ripple they caused and the gut punch they gave to a lot of rich guys who thought they were untouchable, all powerful and almighty is a testament to what the free market should look like the free market a free market isn't an unregulated market a free market is an equal market and this is what gambling and winning can look like and this is what sticking it to the man can feel like so there's that
So that's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid fucking podcast. We love you and appreciate all 14 of you so much, especially now. If you are new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, please, please, please consider joining our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules. And best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. That is correct. Now, they are not consistent, but they are very long and very cheap. It's only $1 if you sign up for one hour long podcast a week and $2 for two hour long podcasts per week. Lately, they've been literally like an hour and a half each. <laughs> honestly. I don't know. We, you know, like we said, they're not consistent, but they are long. <laughs> And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our whole back catalog, which is hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free podcasts. I think they're evergreen. I mean, if you're really stuck on hearing about masks, that's not there. Right. But other than just like COVID, they're completely evergreen. There's no, they're timeless. They are. Oh, it's rage. Go- it's feelings. <laughs> it's food. It's shows. Yeah. You're you can, right. You can go back to 2017, randomly pick one. And listen to it on an airplane and it's just as fine as long as you're not looking for the COVID Easter eggs because they're not there, obviously. Oh, my God. When I'm 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 doing yard work, I'm like, what? I, I need a, a something. I wish I had, could listen to us <laughs> that I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I would have put this on and be able to yeah, like, just, just something zone that out. doesn't fucking trigger you. It doesn't make you feel bad. It yeah. doesn't make you think of anything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just like easy, frivolous, as it were. Frivolous. Pr- Good it, word. Probably insufferable. Insufferable. Pretentious, Listen, very when I'm materialistic. Looking, <laughs> when I'm looking for a rambling, insufferable, materialistic, <laughs> rageful, raging, ranting cavalcade of douchebaggery, <laughs> <laughs> this is where I go. Plus, you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar, you are contributing to what has become basically our sole source of income in this pandemic. <sighs> it's so true. It's <laughs> I mean, beyond and true. beyond the pandemic. I'm like I mean, thinking it's... like fucking Robin Hood and the goddamn stocks. I'm like, let's not get Patreon shut down, everyone. <laughs> let's not fuck around and like lose the only way we have uh, for making money. I just we'd be so fucking fucked. I can't even deal. If being pressured to help us pay our bills out of the kindness of your heart isn't working, then go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and you can listen to a free one to see if you like it. So all you have to do once you get to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics is scroll down the locked podcasts until you get to September and look for the episode called Windows Up Sing Time. (laughs) And then all you have to do, there's a little play button. You just press play. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or your computer or your iPad, whatever. You don't have to download anything. You don't have to sign up for anything. You just play it and see if you fucking like it. Exactly. Now, I know we tell you this every time, but if you decide to sign up, navigating the DGP Patreon community and listening to the podcast is super easy. You can always just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and it's all right there. Or you can do everything on the Patreon app, which is free and available in every app store. Now, in terms of listening, the easiest thing to do is to import our Patreon podcast feed into iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. So all your podcasts are in one place. Look, you know you're curious. If nothing else, you're annoyed and that makes you even more curious. So you might as well try it because we're literally never gonna stop bugging about it. That's correct. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Marsha, Marsha, Marsha Fudge <laughs> alongside Pete Buttigieg. Oh. oh. oh it's a rhyme, Memo. Poet laureate. <laughs> <laughs>
How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dying because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you a rhyme, maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan and he's good for relieving my tension I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom.